right, but our subjects just might. My name's Allie, and I'm not an expert. And my name's Anna, and I am certainly not an expert. So, you know how last week we said that there's a lot of change that happened and that kind of thing? A lot more happened in the two-week break of just in-between episodes. You want to give a bit of a recap, Anna? Well, we're up to family members. So we have our cat Lilith. She is adorable. She is a black cat with a little bit of tuxedo. and A white spot on her nose. Yeah, a little white spot on her nose. She's two years old and she's my cat. Do you want to talk about anything else that's happened in the house or are you just I done? I don't think that anything else has happened in the house. So yes, there is also a puppy in the house now. I'd completely forgotten about her. I don't know how, considering we've had to pause several times for her screaming in her cage. I'm very nice to the puppy. I swear she just needs to nap because she's eight weeks old. She's adorable. She's a German shepherd. She is the dog of my dreams and her name is Rogue. And she hasn't learned how to nap yet. Or just sleep in general. So this is going to be a bit of a broken up episode from our perspective. But with Anna's amazing editing skills, you all will never know. <laughs> We're trying a different space. We're actually recording in our room now, which separates us from the washing machine and a bit of the traffic outside, but it does not separate us from our own bathroom, from the dog. Well, nothing separates us from the dog. And or the from the chickens yeah. outside. The potential chickens outside. They've been quiet. They're usually quiet around midday, but who knows how long that will last. But hey, I mean, one benefit of the podcast now, every once in a while, I may have Lilith say something. So, yeah, you, you, you... The only way you can get Lilith to say something is if you move her against her will. I can do that. I did actually want to talk a little bit about Lilith, because when I planned this episode, we weren't 100% sure we were having a dog yet. The actual receiving of the puppy happened in about 24 hours from first contact with the current owner to taking her home. <laughs> All of it while we were very tired. Well, we're very tired forever. Now we have a puppy. But, we should have started off at a at a higher level of energy. Maybe we would have made it. We were making it. Just, you know, the way university students do. Through exhaustion. But what I wanted to highlight was your cat's... What's your cat's full name? My cat's full name is Lilith Waffle. Now, Therefore, it can be shortened to Lil Waffle. But I want to talk about the Lilith section. Can you tell me where the name Lilith comes from? The name Lilith is actually the name of a... She is a demon in Jewish mythology, actually. She was the first wife of Adam, but she refused to be kind of subjugated to him. She refused to be... Subservient. Yeah, she refused to be lesser than him. And so she was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, so she was cast out and replaced with Eve. Yep, but we named our cat that, and uh, if that isn't the evidence you need to remind you that we're not talking about creationism in this series on evolution, yeah, my... look at my clever segue. <laughs> as far as my parents know, she's named Lily. That does bring us to, like I was trying to get to, the idea of evolution again, and the fact that we're talking about evolution, not creationism. Woo. Now, Anna, you spent so much time editing the last episode. Do you remember what we learned? I remember things, but they need to be prompted out of me. So we were learning about the history of evolution. Well, yes, we were learning about the history an evolutionary of evolution. Theory. An evolutionary theory. And I remember old-ass turtles that told Darwin. No, that's that's the point that we... That's the thing that we didn't learn. <laughs> that's the thing Anna made up. 
Uh, I remember that if you stretch your necks hard enough, that you, you make can, your ancestors you make your ancestors giraffes. <laughs> okay, well maybe we should not try to recap the whole episode. Maybe we should try to. Can you at least come up with the conclusion we found? That basically traits are passed from one generation to another through genetics, and that new traits. That's not the that's not the the conclusion we made. The conclu- the only conclusion we needed was Darwin and Wallace came up with the theory of evolution. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I'm asking for you. Well, I can't remember names. And you're asking too much of me here. And then we didn't actually touch on what that theory was at its core. Basically, we summarized what Darwin said as there's competition and competition means that there's variation that is some is more successful than others yeah yeah yeah. the the survival of the fittest yeah but what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the modern evolution that is i'd say it's like 85 percent darwin and then it's changed and evolved from there in the recent years and today we're talking about the mechanisms of evolution So the components that make up what evolution is and how it functions, as well as at the end, we'll get into some specific weird situations that can happen that kind of change, not the natural course, because they're still natural events, but change the usual way that things run. Ooh, so I was like jumping ahead for once. I know what what evolution is. We're not even talking about genetics in this because that's a whole other bottle of fish no no that's not that's not a bottle of fish a whole new bottle of fish bag of worms i think bag of worms works is it bag of worms someone tell me because i know it's not bottle of fish but that's what came to mind a whole new bottle of fish i'm gonna be using that from now on okay well if you can make a lovely illustrated piece of artwork for that i'd love it will do (laughs) that requires you to be productive though Mm, yeah i'll get it to you next year next year all right that's that's my deadline dead i was gonna say if it's in a gift of some sort but this is our uh, no holiday stretch mm-hmm. anyway so the most basic definition of evolution that we have is a change in hereditary traits cool over a population mm-hmm. that's it that's evolution neat so like i could call say if my like ancestors had super curly hair and then one day my kids have straight hair i could call that an evolution yes within a population now the definition of population is a little loose especially depending on your discipline generally in science the term population is used to describe a group of organisms that can interbreed with one another gotcha so the like us losing a tail type thing no we never had a tail did we Probably when we lived in trees. That would have been an important trait then. But what I'm saying is, it'd be something like, say, you're the Galapagos turtle on the, the island. The old-ass turtle. Yeah. yeah, waiting to tell Darwin about the theory of evolution. Mm-hmm. And I'm stretching my neck, trying to become a giraffe. Yeah, you're doing all those things. And maybe there's some other turtles all waiting around to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You and those turtles, you guys are a population. Because you can all, in the meantime, while waiting around for Darwin, you guys can breed and reproduce together. And we're a family-friendly podcast, so don't say the word that's coming to your mind. (laughs) But you can all breed and reproduce together. But what you can't do is you can't reproduce with all the turtles in England where Darwin is coming from. I see. So, you guys are your own population and can only breed within yourselves. So, 
if there's a change in your variation where somehow one of you ends up with a long neck and that spreads throughout your population so it's a larger proportion of the population that's an evolution that's an evolution Uh uh-huh now the way that these evolutions occur is through what we've defined as the four principles of natural selection before you do that i have a quick question i'll try to answer it is domestication an evolution that's a whole nother episode that I already have planned in the timeline of Ooh, episodes. Okay, okay. I'll I'll save my uh, curiosity It was going to be after we adopted the cat and the dog, but um, that happened a lot faster than I was expecting. So after the evolution series, we've got we've got a couple we've episodes. We've got the Halloween ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we've got domestication. And it's then we'll on, do it's domestication. on the It's on the list. Okay, yeah. Well, you'll just have to hold out with me, folks. Yeah. So our four principles of natural selection... So the first one is that there is variation. Really? I never would have guessed. Yeah. Variation exists on a genotypic level. Mm. It does not necessarily need to be a phenotypic level. Now, do you know what those terms mean? I'm guessing genotypic is like according to genes or generations. So genotypic and phenotypic. Genotypic or genotypical is the variation and the actual coding of genes. So you might have blue eyes, Mm -hmm. but you might have blue eyes using a different combination of genes than someone else has blue eyes. Yeah, because somebody could have parents with like blue and green eyes and then have blue eyes. The easier one to explain is blood type. Oh, never mind. So if I'm type A blood, I could be type AA or I could be type AI, which is the blood type for O negative. Oh, I, I would be AI then because my mom is o negative and my dad is a positive yes then you would probably be ai cool i believe so i'm artificial intelligence <laughs> but what that means is though you have an ai in your genes someone else who has an aa will have the same phenotype as you which mm. is the actual expression of those genes gotcha so genotype is the genes you have phenotype is how they're presented so both my parents have blue eyes and i have blue eyes so if i I've... don't know the coding of i genetics I only know blood type, and I'm pretty sure that's a very boiled-down version of how blood type works as well. Fine. So, genotype is the kind of genes that you have, so the genetic code itself. Phenotype is how they're expressed. So you can have a different combination of genes, but you may have the same phenotype. So you have blue eyes. Someone else can also have blue eyes, but they might have different genes that make them have blue eyes. Gotcha, gotcha. So, like... Different different equations can, or, well, yeah, different equations can come to the same, like, sum. Like Please if you, don't talk math at me. <laughs> like, if you're, uh, say, 4 plus 4 is 8. I've correct? been taking programming. Even my statistics course is a statistics programming course. Don't talk math four at me. 4 plus 4 is 8, correct? Yes. And 3 plus 5 is 8, correct? Yes. So you can have two different combinations so different phenotypes yes uh going no no that's genotypes different genotypes going to the same result so the same phenotype yeah so getting back to the principles of evolution that we're going to be talking about today or the mechanisms of evolution number one is variation both in phenotype and genotype lots of different kinds of people yeah other Well, different kinds of traits that exist in organisms. Rule number two is that there's competition. 
And what this means, now in the Darwinian sense, it means that there's not enough resources to go around. That's how it was originally defined. But that's not always the truth. I, I, I would imagine that evolution doesn't stop if there are all the necessary resources. No, it does slow down, but there's other elements of competition that go on nowadays, which we'll get into because that's one of the added principles, which is the fourth principle. But number two is that there's competition. So let's go back, if you remember from last episode, and Anna's weird tirade about making your ancestors have longer necks. Yes, yes, yes. It was very important. So Lamarckian evolution talked about giraffes stretching their necks so that they could get to higher branches on the trees and therefore have more food to eat. Yes. So... There's a competition in that sense. If you're a giraffe with a slightly shorter neck, then you have less access to leaves. Mm -hmm. And the giraffe with a longer neck has more leaves to choose from. Yeah. And in that competition, the giraffe with a longer neck is more likely to survive. So, like, if, if basketball was essential to our survival, then we would see a lot more tall people in our population. Yes. You're... I don't exactly know how basketball works. I think it's generally better if you're tall, but maybe there would be a different evolution for, like, being Short. able to jump ridiculously high? Uh, or, or like, like scurry around people. You can do that. Yeah, because like, there's, some, there's some short basketball players, aren't oh, yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not but, my size. I would be dead in our basketball universe. <laughs> all I'm saying is that if, if basketball was essential to survival and being tall generally helped that, then we'd probably see more tall people in the population because if you weren't good at basketball, you die. Yes. And so we wouldn't, yeah, we wouldn't see the people who are bad at basketball continue on their genes. And that brings us to the third one, which is that some are better adapted. Uh-huh. So some organisms are better adapted to survive. So our tall people in our basketball universe yes. are more likely to survive than our short, slow people like me. Exactly. I will not survive in the basketball universe. I may be tall, but boy, am I lazy. And last but not least is the ability to reproduce. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to get very far in evolution if you can't reproduce. Well, yes, because it's about heritable traits. Mm -hmm. And the important thing with heritable traits is that, and this is how competition doesn't necessarily mean that you don't get the basic resources to survive. It means that you might not have a chance to reproduce because reproduction takes energy. Now, we did talk about variation and we got to genotype and phenotype, which was one of the big topics I wanted to touch on. But what I did want to talk about variation. So in variation, it relies on reproduction to create new variation. Mm -hmm. And there are multiple phases in the reproductive cycle where this happens. So the first one is actually in the gamete creation. Now, do you know what a gamete is? Uh, it's a pre-baby. Yeah, it's a, it's a reproductive cell. Also known as a germline cell. There's a lot of names for it, but it's an egg or a sperm. Yeah. And what happens is, what's really interesting with these gametes is they are the only cells in the body that don't carry the full genetic code. Hmm. They only have half of your genes. Mm -hmm. Because your body actually runs on having duplicates because you get one from your mom and one from your dad, right? Yeah. So your body has backup copies of everything and it has a way of combining those copies in order to make what you have. Ta-da! And the interesting thing is that um, there's a, when gametes are created in the body, so for uh, people with a uterus, that actually happens at birth. All your gametes are created at birth. Just and, going downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, people with uh, testicles, 
their gametes are constantly being created again and again and again. But this actually, when the cells are created, they take half of your genes. And in doing so, they actually mix. I want half of my genes back, Allie. You have all your genes. You said they took half of my genes. Your gametes don't. Your child would not have all of your genes. She's taking half of my genes away? But I wear those every day. You only have two pairs of jeans. That's true. I do wear them every day, though. If she takes half of them away, then I'm only going to have one pair. What am I going to wear when I'm doing laundry, Allie? <laughs> no pants. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, so when your gametes are created, they are created with only half of your genes. And in actuality, when that's created, they actually do something called crossover or recombination with the other set of your genes. Mm -hmm. So your gametes, you, Anna, actually would have a mixed combination of the cells from your mom and your dad. Yes. And when you mix that with another gamete, so you have eggs, another gamete would be a sperm, though we wish there was a way around that. <laughs> I mean, this is a bone marrow thing. That's still in a work in progress, and that's, I'm not scientifically literate. I'm scientifically literate, but I'm not scientifically educated enough Give to talk about that. Give me your bone sperm. We have a puppy. We have enough things screaming in the middle of the night. So you have that initial recombination that mixes up the genes in you from your mom and your dad and takes half of them and puts them away and stores them in an egg. Mm -hmm. And then when those are mixed with a sperm, that recombination happens again. So your child ends up with a whole mix of genes. And sometimes during those recombinations, something goes wrong. Or something goes right. That's actually true. <laughs> You're not just making a very dumb joke. That's actually something that happens. Sometimes during recombination, genes copy incorrectly. And sometimes this can lead to bad things. It can even lead to, in certain genes, the termination of a pregnancy. Mm -hmm. But in some cases, these cause what is called mutation, which is a new existence, which is a new gene, essentially. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that blue eyes were at one point a random mutation. Because these happen in the gametes, they can be passed on to the next generation. So that's how very short... And those mutations can be good or bad. And those unique mutations, they're useful in the chain of evolution. Because they create what are new traits that are then tested through competition. So like an extra toe... I think an extra toe would be great. Plenty of people have extra toes. I don't know if that's a germline mutation, though. Because the thing is, if you receive a mutation later in life, mm -hmm. so if you lose a toe... Oh, no. That's not a mutation. Exactly. It's not, because it doesn't affect your genetics. Mm -hmm. Now, there's some discussion as to things like radiation and if that affects your genetic code and if it would affect your gametes. Mm -hmm. So that's an ongoing discussion and it tends to depend on what exactly has happened. Will you become Spider-Man? Scientists are trying to find out. Now the big question is, if you are Spider-Man, will your baby also be Spider-Man? Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the main thing to be careful of with variation is though variation exists in a lot of phenotypes, so things that we can see, what is important for the case of evolution is that they exist in the genotype, and more specifically, they exist in the gamete genotype. Because that means that they can be inherited. I wonder, is Spider-Man's kid, like, half spider, 
or like well if spider-man is half spider half man wouldn't he be a quarter spider well i'm wondering if he's either like quarter spider-man or like weaker half powers or like it fully what if spider-man had a baby with a spider (sighs) three-quarter spider i want to see (laughs) three-quarter spider that's that's more (laughs) that's a man spider (laughs) Mind you, this is all under the assumption that the spider that bit Peter Parker also changed Peter Parker's testes and gamete production. Anyway. (laughs) You'll you'll never hear it, but there was a great bit with Spider-Man and Ant-Man. No, no, no. You're missing the important part. Anna was saying that we should get this Peter Parker from Into the Spider-Verse. Like older Peter Parker. Yeah, so it's not a child. We should have Ant-Man shrink him down so we can have sex with a spider so we can have man spider the three-quarter spider this variation leads to competition and like i said this competition is often assumed to be for resources for land for for love basic survival but also for love yes (laughs) because not every less adapted member of a species just dies (laughs) yeah sorry (laughs) all of the unfavorable traits we're we're getting rid of everyone who doesn't do their laundry bye Anna I know (laughs) I'm gone but it does exist in reproduction and in fact it can be even more prevalent in reproduction because the ability to get resources influences your ability to reproduce Mm. because you need to have extra energy especially as someone who would have a uterus or mm-hmm. an organism that carries a child, you would have to have extra energy to give to that child and raise that child for as long as you're responsible for it, whether it's just producing eggs or lactating or whatever it is. You need extra energy for that. I know we're not getting into domestication yet, but could you call it maybe like selective evolution, the way that we have bred certain dog breeds to have certain traits? It's called artificial selection. Artificial selection. Aha. Yes. That is the name of what we've done to make different breeds of animals. Cool. It even occurred with things like sheep. Mm. Sheep originally looked nothing like sheep. Mm-hmm. And we said, we want you fluffier. And then we said, we want you fluffier. I mean, we d- we've done that with food, too. Yep. I mean, watermelons used to be like... Corn. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at pictures of like ancient corn or like ancient watermelons, you realize like... Or plantains. Exactly. It's like, yeah, they... They're, they're tiny, they're brittle, they don't have any flesh to them, and then we've just bred them and bred them until now watermelons can be, like, seedless. Yeah. And that's an artificial form of selection based on humans, but stuff like that does exist in the animal kingdom as well. Getting back to reproduction, animals have their own forms of selection. Now, usually, these can be, if you go through a big chain of events, be related back to survival and being able to get resources but what the ability to reproduce is called is called fitness fitness is not a concept that existed during darwin's time but it's what we've brought more to the forefront now because evolution though it does rely on your ability to survive if you survive but don't have any offspring then you're not actually changing the course of evolution or influencing it in any way But yes, so those are our four principles of evolution. They are Anna. Oh boy. Um, Variation. Yep. Ability to breed. Competition. Competition. 
adaptation adaptation and reproduction reproduction now before the break i'm going to tell you a story and i want you to point out each of those principles in this story i tell you i'm starting to feel like i'm at school yeah well have fun i thought this would be a fun interactive part because last time you were quiet okay (laughs) so now i'm forcing you to interact with me (laughs) And we'll go a bit more into specific mechanisms. So mechanisms outside the standard flow of evolution, things that can cause sudden change. Go ahead. So this story is about the peppered moth. Mm. And I'm sure anyone who studied genetics in high school or at any point is having horrifying flashbacks right now. The lightly salted and peppered moth. But Anna hasn't heard of them, as evident by that comment. So hopefully this will be some fun. So... The peppered moth was originally found in England, Mm -hmm. and it existed mostly in birch forests. Now, there were two variations. Yes. You're going to start calling out the principles, or did you already forget? Variation. (laughs) There are two variations. One that was white, and one that was brown or black. Because they're in a birch forest... The ones that are white are going to survive, and the ones that are brown are not going to survive. Yes. Competition? There's competition, there's better adaptation, and the fact that the ones that are white survive more... Ability to breed. There we go. So, those are the three, those are the four concepts that exist in the lives of the peppered moths. But, something suddenly changed... Dun, dun, dun. In the late 17 to early 1800s. And we'll get into that after we've looked at some research proposals and grants. So I asked Anna to come up with our ad break for this week. So what is it, sweetie? Hey, 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 I've got a great idea here. And luckily, I have our, uh, our interviewee right in the right position here. You didn't mention that the ad break was an interview already. You just said, and you just went right to interviewee. Anyways. This is bad podcast formatting. (laughs) So for this ad break, I'm going to be doing an interview with my cat, Lilith. So just sit back, relax, and listen to this interview with a lovely cat. The cat is going to hate all of this. Hello, Lilith. How are you doing? Oh, really? Is that so? Come on, sniff the mic so that the folks can hear you. I would like to point out the cat was asleep and Anna's waking her for this. So, Miss Lilith, how did you get so black and white? Okay, she's accidentally hitting the cat with part of the mic. I'm just giving you guys the play-by-play. The cat's back asleep. Did you know that you're the most loveliest kitty? Yeah, such a sleepy kitty. All right, folks, a very exciting ad break of mostly silence. Um, I'll try to come up with the ad break next week, since clearly letting Anna do it is a horrible idea, and I should have learned by now. But, you know, sometimes I want a break, too. Anyway, back to the episode. Oh, wait, 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 wait. If you would like to contact us with any questions about the best cat in the world, please... You can contact us at zoologicalbites, that's bite with with a Y, at gmail.com. Great. Please the ad me... break could have just been that. Give me... I will give you cat pictures if... <gasps> I will trade cat pictures for reviews of our podcast. So you're bribing people to review the podcast? If you 
do a review of the podcast and you send me a screenshot. Where? Where do you review podcasts? You can review them on Spotify. You can review them on iTunes. You oh, can I didn't even know that. You can review them on SoundCloud. Like, leave a comment on one of our episodes or rate us or anything like that. Send me a screenshot of that and I will trade that for a cat picture. A unique cat picture? A unique cat picture. I will take- Are you sure this shouldn't be part of like a Patreon bonus? <laughs> Maybe at some point it will be. But first we need to actually get noticed by some people. So, yes. That's all. Zoological Bites. Bites with a Y. At gmail.com. Please don't prostitute our cat. For unique cat pictures. <laughs> the best place on the internet for your, your, your unique cat pictures. Alright, so, now that we're back from the break, I have... That was a weird one. It's always a weird one. But I have a relationship test. Oh no. Do you remember anything from the first class we were in? Because we were learning... About I thought you writing. were going to say anything from the first half of this episode. I'm like, I don't know, Allie. <laughs> I'm sweating here. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, what are the four principles of evolution, Anna? <laughs> Variation, adaptability, competition, and ability to breed. Yeah, no, you got him. Yay, Anna remembered something. Yay. It only took three reviews of it. Do you remember the first class we were in together? It was Victorian literature and romanticism, but it was mostly a romantic class. Okay. So for that class, we did a little bit of history while we were there, just to understand the context. Oh boy, I don't remember that bit. Do you remember what happened in the 17th, late 17th, early 18th century? It's a pretty... The Industrial Revolution? Yes! Yeah! That's all I'm asking of you. That's all I'm asking of you to remember that the Industrial Revolution happened. Because, if you remember, I told you... That these peppered moths, the moths we were talking about at the beginning of this... Oh, they were white. They were white because they lived on birch trees that were white. Mm. But England filled up with smoke and pollution. And coal dust. And coal dust. And these birch trees that the peppered moths lived on were no longer white. They became brown or black. And so the brown or black peppered moths were suddenly a lot very suddenly very very suddenly were more likely to survive because there were less predators that could find them yeah and this actually has its own specific name so this is a mechanism of evolution that is considered a form of genetic drift now genetic the uh the other peppered moths the white ones retired to go hide on wedding dresses Maybe they're the ones... You didn't see that uh, that finale from RuPaul's Drag Race, did you? No. <laughs> anyway, there was a finale where someone put butterflies in their boobs and they were not okay. <laughs> I wish that was a joke. Oh, and they were all... Oh, right. Now I remember. Oh, boy, that was sad. Yeah. Those were not peppered moths. And a, they were butterflies, and moths are not butterflies. But this sudden change is a form of genetic drift. Now, genetic drift is something that when an exterior force acts on a population and creates a sudden change in the evolutionary pressures, so the kinds of competition and the type of competition that they were previously using or previously adapting to. So when all the glaciers melt, only the humans that are able to breathe water are going to be able to survive. Stop bringing this back. (laughs) (laughs) 
But this specific example. <laughs> Those few humans that can breathe underwater. They're Michael gonna carry Phelps their, and no one else. They're going to carry the rest of the human race. Literally? <laughs> Hopefully. Otherwise, I'm going to drown. <laughs> so dumb. Living floaties. The peppered moth. <laughs> so genetic drift is when an outside force, what's considered a random force, though it's not random, but it acts on the population in a way that's not intentionally. Yeah, yeah I bet those moths wouldn't say it was random. <laughs> it was those guys right there. And they're cool. But when an outside force acts on a population and changes the prevalence of different genes. I see. Usually in a very drastic way. Like with a sudden change in the fitness of white versus brown or black moths. Hmm. And that specific one, where it's something that comes in, a change on the population, that comes in and wildly switches the benefit of adaptations, is called a bottleneck. Oh. And it's called that because it's the idea that, like, say you put a bunch of marbles in a bottleneck. Mm -hmm. And then you try to shake it out. Only a couple of them are going to come out easily. It's a sudden tightening of the population. And it actually kills off a lot of the population. And the other part of that is, is as it reduces the population, though it might reduce the apparent genes that we see as like the white versus the brown, it's also reducing other genes. So say a moth had a gene to have slightly better antenna to detect things. Mm -hmm. Or it had a gene for slightly faster wings or slightly larger wings. Those variations are also going to be removed because the population itself is shrinking. I'm guessing that because the white ones had been surviving for such a long time, then... There were much less brown and black ones than there would be white ones. Exactly. And so the white ones were probably a little bit more advanced than the uh, brown and black ones. Well, it doesn't mean they're more advanced. Another concept of evolution that we'll talk about more, a misconception of evolution that we'll talk about more in the next episode, is the idea that evolution has a goal. Mm. Which it doesn't. It's just surviving. Getting through life and passing that on. And being able to breathe underwater. For Anna, it's being able to breathe underwater. Do you know how much of the world is water? 70%. Exactly. Exactly. I I feel like we should be moving on to the water. If we can live in the water, I feel like it's going to solve a lot of our problems. Anyway, so the bottleneck, it doesn't kill off, it doesn't remove genes from the pool because one population is more advanced. It removes genes from the pool because it removes a large number of individuals. And considering that mutation is random, some of those individuals are going to have other unique traits. Mm-hmm that are removed just because they happen to be at a disadvantage in this new situation. Yeah. It has nothing to do with a certain group being better or having more variation than another. It has everything to do with just the fact that You're getting rid of a lot of people. You're getting rid of a lot of people. And statistically, say, one in five has uh, a unique mutation that might be advantageous or might be disadvantageous. Then if the white peppered moths make up three out of five... Yeah. There's going to be a lot more white peppered moths that have those unique mutations than the black and brown peppered moths. Mm-hmm. So that's bottleneck. And that's a way that genetic drift, and it's important to know that genetic drift exists on the population level. Because evolution isn't something you can really look at as an individual, despite the fact that you keep trying to do that. <laughs> I want to breathe water evolution? and have a long neck alley. 
Evolution is something that exists in a population. Maybe if I have a long enough neck, I don't need to breathe underwater. I can just stick my head out of the water. It exists in a population, and it's the prevalence of different genes and different phenotypes in that population as they affect survival. Now, another example of this kind of genetic drift, very similar to a bottleneck, is actually called the founder's effect. And this one is actually going to bring us back to humans, finally. Ooh. So Anna will be very happy. Yes. And this also demonstrates uh, a lot of the importance of variation. Now, founder's effect is when a population, a new population is created. Do, 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 do. And you remember, we're recording this over two days because we've been having some technical difficulties. Oh boy, technical difficulties. But do you remember the definition I gave you for population? Population is a group of beings that have similar traits? No, a population is a group of interbreeding individuals. Right, yes. So individuals that can reproduce with each other. The the basic example is if you uh, have a big forest and there's uh, one deer population, and then you make a giant highway through the middle of it and split that deer population in two, then, then you now have it, one two. One might evolve differently from the other. Well, you now have two deer populations. That's all we're saying. Gotcha. Is you might have two deer populations, and because they can no longer interbreed, there may be different kinds of variation in their genetics. There might be a lot of water on one side, so... <laughs> You want to finish that statement, my dear? There might be a lot of water on one side, so one of them might learn how to breathe underwater, while the other one might not. Great. <laughs> now I'm real concerned, um, because I'm about to tell you that the example of Founder's Effect we're going to look on is about a ship. Ooh, about a ship. Of people who learned to breathe underwater? No. No, it's not. We're talking about the bounty. Which is a ship that sailed the ocean blue in 1790. <laughs> and it was an English ship sent to do some trading in Tahiti. But on the way back, the sailors got angry and they mutinied and kicked off their captain and his loyalists. Oof. And they decided, hey, we like Tahiti. This place is nice. So It they doesn't have any laws. It had laws. Well, no, it doesn't have the same laws that there we're we used go. to. So the people, they took the ship, and they kind of, they went on a, uh, oh, what would you call it? Uh, they carpooled. So they dropped some people off at Tahiti, and there's a lot of islands in that area. They dropped some people off at some other islands. And the last group of people was down to 17 individuals. I believe it was, I can't remember the exact number, but a number of English men and a number of Polynesian women and children. Mm -hmm. And That they totally happened in a way that isn't. Yeah, I was terrible at all. Yeah, I was looking it up and there was no information on that that I could find, but it's always it's always a good sign when you have in the 1790s. In the 1790s when you have colonists going around and they're spending a lot of time with the indigenous populations. With the indigenous populations on their ships. Yeah, it's yeah. Always a treat. But yeah, that aside, this last group of people, there was only 17 left settled down on the Pitcairn Island. And they broke down the ship, used it to build homes, and lived there for 200 years. Ooh. Just isolated? It was just 17 people that started on that sort of- For 200 years? <laughs> it was 17. <laughs> You're so proud of yourself. <laughs> there were 17 people 
that started the whole population of that island that were the founders, founders. of that population. Aha. Uh -huh. So if you have a bunch of people with weird teeth in that population, then most of the generations to come are going to have weird teeth as well. It doesn't even need to be a bunch of people because there's only 17, right? Yeah. So... so the prevalence of certain genetics, say one person has weird teeth, then that's going to be a much higher percentage. Than one in 17 have teeth, weird teeth. Then say in a normal population, we're like five in 200 yeah. have weird teeth. There is a much higher chance of that getting passed on to the next generation. And these people lived in isolation for over 200 years, and there's now about a thousand descendants of these original 17 individuals. All with weird teeth. They don't all have weird teeth, but this population does have a much higher risk of cardiovascular disease and rates of obesity than we'd find in something like, say, a North American population. Oh, come on! It couldn't have been something nice? Well, it's also very interesting. Uh, this island has a very unique mix. So blonde hair, blue eyes, and brown skin are relatively uncommon. Mm -hmm. And on this island, there's a much higher rate of that combination. It's one of the few places where, because the original founders were Europeans and Polynesians. Mm -hmm. Those genes were passed down in every original coupling and then continued down throughout the generations. And it's important to know that as this shows, and as I hope everyone knows in a general sense, humans are affected by evolution. And it's harder to see the traces of evolution nowadays because we're so reliant on technology. We have a much more complex system than those that we study in animals. But it's important to know that we have tried to use evolution to talk about our own cultures, our own systems, and to control populations. And that is going to be what our next episode is about. It's going to be about some of the misuse of evolutionary theory as a way to disadvantage other groups and as a way to essentially claim white supremacy is what it's been used for throughout history. Cheery. And I understand that that's not something that everyone's going to want to listen to. I understand that that's something some people have to confront on a daily basis. And if you don't want to tune in for that episode, I completely understand. But I would recommend if racism and the effects of colonization aren't something you deal with on a daily basis, that it might be useful for you to listen to the episode and learn about how science is misused and has been misused in the past. And sadly, in a lot of cases, the remnants of that, if not the full ideas of that, are still in use today. The more aware you are of it, the easier it is to point it out when it's being used or misused and uh, it's the idea that those who don't learn history are doomed to repeat it i was trying to say it in a new novel way that brings us to the end of our episode our music is rainbows by kevin mccloyd and our artwork is done by the lovely anna Woo! and i hope you leave it knowing a little bit more about the unknown and that in doing so it all becomes a little less scary oh i'm almost just covering it.